I'm Alex Semenzato, and this is the SEMO Podcast. What's up, everyone? How are you? I hope you're having a fantastic day and an even better week. I mean, today's a good day, people. This is the official kickoff and launch of Series 2 of the SEMO Podcast. We have been off-air for a hot minute, but we are now back, bigger and better than before. So excited to be returning as your host of the SEMO Podcast. We took some time to plan and figure out what we want to do moving forward. Just want to take this opportunity to say thank you to everyone and our audience and listeners. You know, the feedback's been so positive and it's just been great to have many of you reach out to me and ask when the podcast is coming back. And I'm so excited that we are here. We are presenting Series 2 in partnership with TNT Holdings. And you'll hear more about the different platforms over the coming episodes. And in this episode, I really wanted to introduce you guys to Maya Bogle, who is the co-founder of Talent House and very much involved in TLNT Holdings. So I'm going to give Maya's introduction and then we're going to listen to the episode because it's very, very passionate, very inspiring. And what a great way to kick off series two. Maya Bogle has over 30 years experience in advertising, consulting and partnership development and combines a deep understanding of the challenges the ad industry faces with a relentless desire for it to improve, adapt and progress. Maya is the co-founder of global creative community and collaboration platform Talent House, which launched in 2009. And 10 years later, talenthouse.com, lo.co and zupa.com merged to form TLNT Holdings, the world's largest multidiscipline creative network with over 5 million members located in across 200 countries worldwide. Maya is driven by the TLNT mission to support and nurture creatives at every stage of their career by giving them access to opportunities for recognition, inspiration, learning, collaboration, and income through partnerships with brands. She is passionate about democratizing creativity and believes that a great idea can come from anywhere. Maya is championing the ad industry to recognize open sourcing as an effective model to engage creators for authentic, diverse, culturally relevant creative work and influence across multiple markets and channels. Maya has been a regular speaker across global industry conferences, including Ken Lyon, Social Media Week, Ad Week, Media Summit, Web Summit, and many more. Most recently, Maya was appointed as board trustee to the Design and Technology Association in January 2020 to help drive their goal to support the creative curriculum across schools, colleges, and universities. Maya also enjoys coaching and mentoring and speaks at numerous educational establishments, as well as judging creative awards throughout the industry. A lot of what's highlighted in Maya's bio just then is exactly what we cover in this episode. Maya talks with so much passion and it's incredibly inspiring learning the journey of Talent House so far, uh, the ambitions for the future and some of the exciting new collaborative platforms they're launching in 2021. And I really hope you enjoy this episode and so excited to kick off series two. Hi, Maya. How are you doing? Morning, Alex. Absolutely wonderful. It's a lockdown smile for me today. <laughs> Great. Well, it's so fantastic to have you on the podcast. Um, you know, super excited for SEMO to be partnering with TLNT um, and 
you know, as an intro kind of episode to the series, um, you know, really looking forward to learning more about kind of what TLNT is and, and your involvement and, and kind of excited for the future. So um, as always, we like to start with icebreakers. So shall we get started? Love it. I haven't prepared for these, so I hope they're suitably appropriate. Alex. The more unprepared, the better. So, um, well, 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 we'll get started. So, dogs or cats? Dogs, but I do like cats too. Okay. Do you have cats or do you have dogs? I've got two dogs, Digby and Dudley. They're the joy of my life. They're absolutely gorgeous and they are ridiculous. They're cross between Dachshunds and Jack Russells. They go figure. Oh, gosh. But we did have an amazing Burmese cat called Rocky, who was wonderful. He was extraordinary. He's more like a dog than a cat, really. Nice. If you could travel somewhere right now, where would you go? (gasps) Africa. I'd love to be working with David Attenborough on a shoot somewhere. I know. Be the most incredible thing to do. One of my lifelong passions is to work in animal conservation. So, and Africa, I've been there a few times. I don't know, it just held me. I thought it was beautiful. Would you say you're one to entertain the idea of camping? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was raised on a um, um, diet of camping. I was one of four girls. And my dearly beloved father, who we lost some years ago, my mum's still with us, thankfully. And, you know, he put all four of us through private education. There wasn't a lot of money to go around for foreign travel. And I don't think I left the country till I was about 10 or something. So we did a lot of camping, actually. Wow. And in the days when you press the tent and it's raining outside, the rain would come in. Oh, really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're more 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 uh, tuned to glamping, though, now, I suppose. No, not at all. <laughs> I'm a very humble, um, girl. it's quite funny because lots of people think I'm quite kind of posh. But actually, when I was growing up, my mum thought that I would marry a farmer. And um, she really thought that all I wanted to do is be surrounded by animals and live on a farm and tromp around in welly boots. So there you go. go. Wow, there you go. <laughs> well, you know that. No, no one does. So you had it here first. Um, <laughs> a favourite colour? Pink. Although I'm wearing coral today. Nice, like coral, very trendy. Thank you. You've been given an elephant. You can't give it away or sell it. What would you do with the elephant? I keep it as a pet. Of course, I would. (laughs) I'd love it. I'd shown it, and I'd probably save me a fortune on my water rates because (laughs) a huge trunk. I could go and take it to Barnes Pond, get it to suck a whole trunk full of water, and then I could have daily showers. There you go. That's a brilliant answer. (laughs) (laughs) If you were a type of jeans, what type would you be? Hopefully, not distressed. Bootleg. Uh, what? Okay, you got the disco fever. <laughs> no, those are flares. Oh, those are flares. Maybe <laughs> a little bit different because then it kind of accentuates your bottom, right. it up, and then it can kind of you know just give that little flare. I think those dead straight drain pipe jeans should only be worn by really skinny, really young people, of which I'm neither. So can't do the can't do the really straight ones. Some good style tips there, Maya. Um, <laughs> how would you describe your personality? In ice cream flavour. Tutti frutti. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> is it an ice cream flavour or is that sorbet? Oh, tutti frutti is definitely an ice cream flavour. You're more rum and raisin, I reckon. <laughs> no, pistachio, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So we are very excited to have you on the podcast. And we are excited to be partnering with 
TLNT Holdings. You are co-founder of Talent House and been with the business for many years, and it's kind of evolved um, to now becoming a, a bit bigger than what it was when you started. So I'd love just to, to learn a bit more about um, Talent House and what that inspiration was for you when you initially co-founded the business and just take us on that journey as to how it's evolved over the years. Well, thank you, Alex. Um, I was first approached by the very original founder of um, Talent House back in 2007, when it was just an idea in his head. And the idea, in essence, was that creative people are definitely the best people in the world to create content. They've got a natural desire to exhibit, to share, to gain recognition for it. They're constantly out there as movers and shapers, shaping how people feel about things. And so it was really about harnessing the power of creators and creativity, then building a platform that connected them to brands and recognizing at that point, brands needed more creative content than ever before because of the explosion of digital channels. So that was really the essence of thinking around the original idea of bringing brands and creators together. Amazing. And when you initially kind of launched the, the platform, was it quite difficult to kind of get um, creators on board or actually like, you know, t telling brands initially what this crazy idea was? Did you see a bit of a, a um, I don't know, was it, was it difficult kind of, kind of getting this new idea out there when you first launched? Oh, Alex, it was virtually impossible at times because it took from the thinking of the idea in 2007 to actually launching the platform in 2009. And then I was asked to come on board initially as a board advisor, but fell in love with the whole business. So we had to build community and we had to think about how, how we could work with brands. And we actually launched on day one in September 2009 with Adidas, beat by Dr. Dre, um, I think Mont Blanc and Naomi Campbell and also uh, a, a DJ, um, Fotech as well. So it was actually extraordinary that between our contacts, because I've been working celebrity product placement and had some really good contacts across brands and the other couple of guys, they had some contacts too. And we just sort of cobbled it together, but we didn't really have any community. And the way that we built the community was with those first projects. So you can imagine if you had an opportunity to shoot Naomi Campbell and some people might say, what, with an AK-47 or um, with a camera? This was with a camera. And although I have to say she was the most difficult person, I hope her management aren't around. Can I get sued for libel or anything? But she was a nightmare to work with. I had the, well, I suppose you could call it, um, I met her. She was dead tricky, dead tricky. But that was an incredible way to grow our photographic community. And there's also an option to sort of design for, you know, Beats by Dr. Drake, et cetera. So, so it's an incredible opportunity to actually start building that community very quickly. Yeah. What would you say have been some of the key highlights throughout Talent House? Um, I think the key highlights really have been watching and learning about how we need to work with a community. Because when we first launched, we was very much more of a competition model. And we used to use social voting for um, friends and of the creators who submitted their work to actually then vote for their creative submission. And we learned quite quickly that the creative community didn't like that. They, they were all about authenticity. They're all about passion for craft. And they were really passionate about the work that they produced. And they wanted it to be looked at by credible judges within the industry or from within the brand itself. So 
we actually evolved into much more of a community-based product in 2012 when we almost relaunched the website and we allowed people to actually love the work on creators' profiles. And we found that creators were uploading more and more work. It didn't just become about the one piece of work they submitted to a project that they'd seen. Now Talent House is part of a, a larger group. We have uh, Zupa and Ello. And, you know, as far as I'm aware, there seems to be many more platforms on the horizon. It's super exciting time. Could you just tell us a bit about um, the brand purpose now? Has that changed since you launched the business? Um, and what are those different platforms? Very much so, Alex. Um, so I think initially our whole concept was about connecting brands to creators. Then we shift into more of let's build a community for creators. Let's look at how we can actually give them more opportunities for inspiration, for recognition, for learning, for collaboration and for income. So those were some of the real pieces that we've learned over the last sort of, you know, 10, 11 years of working with creators. It's not just about creating a gig economy, because actually you could argue with that whole gig economy thinking. If a person or a community member comes to your platform just because they might get a job, there's no reason for them to then stay on that platform if they're actually currently in work or they find a job elsewhere. So you want to start to build much more brand loyalty, much more stickiness around the offerings that you can give to those community members. So 10 years after first launching Talent House, we, we then moved into TLNT Holdings. And the, the, the real vision of the TLNT Holding Group is to do all of that to create far more opportunities for learning, inspiration, access, breaking down all those barriers normally associated with the creative industries and creating more and more opportunities for our community to make money, be inspired, connect with each other, tool themselves up, learn, learn around new um, technologies. For instance, augmented reality is now one of our biggest growing creative verticals and it's still very, very new. The industry doesn't really quite know how to use it, how much they should pay for it, how best to get the value for it, and who, who's the best people to go to to actually work within that space. So that's a really big area, really big opportunity for what we're now doing for our community. And that's just one strand of it. And so so just in terms of the platforms, what they are, I mean, they they combined or so you have Talent House, um, you have Zupa, which is predominantly video production, and then Ello, which is more of the, the online magazine. Is that correct? That's very much, very much the case. So at the moment we're looking to whether how we actually rebrand all of those three separate communities into one. Do we stick as one? For the moment, they're sort of very much doing a little bit of their own thing, but they're talking to each other. So there's wonderful communication between them. So Talent House is essentially your collaboration platform. That's very much where the brand briefs sit and where the community can actually come to look at those brand briefs and they can actually make some real money. Hello is a thing of beauty. It was built by creators, for creators. It was very much the sort of anti-Facebook platform. It was all about literally beautiful, authentic, creative content, sharing it, making it, uploading it, and spontaneously responding to anything that's topical. So when George Floyd got murdered, our community in LO spontaneously upload the most stunning, beautiful, evocative, provocative, disturbing, moving imagery around Black Lives Matter and around that specific murder. 
in the same way our LGBTQ plus community is incredibly active on there. And it's not just for that one week of pride or the two weeks of pride. It's like this community is active, it's real, it's diverse. And our real thinking and belief is that if brands want to produce authentic creative content, who better to go to than members of that specific target market you might be wanting to target or to address and finding creators from within that demographic who know just how to authentically produce that work. So we do that every single day. So if somebody wants work from a Hispanic member of our community who's female and gay, we'll find them. If somebody wants work from any element of their target market, we know within those markets, within those environments that can produce work authentically and to a deadline and to unknown brief. So that's Hello, and Zupa is our beautiful, high-end filmmaking video production community. And more than ever before, the traditional model of sourcing creative work has been challenged, not just by the pandemic, but also by people recognizing, is it really sensible for the planet to send teams all over the world to shoot in localized areas when actually we can provide them with localized expertise in those areas. So helping with that carbon footprint, helping with you know, climate change, helping with authentic content creation for local markets by local creators. So that's very much our mission. If you've got a global strategy, you must also need local execution for it and we can deliver that in every market, across every demographic, across every creative vertical, art, film, fashion, music, photography, and augmented reality, and many more. Love it. Um, it sounds oh, like you've been quite- I about it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds quite ahead of its time in the sense that, you know, really looking at how you can democratize creativity. And it sounds like you've kind of um, surf the wave, as it were, in terms of, you know, this kind of evolution of new ways of working that, you know, gig economy, as you mentioned. And I think now, you know, it, I guess the kind of this environment or, or the market, the landscape has kind of rapidly evolved because of the pandemic. And now, you know, what a better way to engage with individual creators through a platform like like Talent House and Zupronello. That's so true, Alex. I mean, We've learned such a lot. We've made every mistake you can imagine in the book. So you can imagine across that decade plus, you know, we've learned and we've failed. We've learned and we've reiterated, we've moved and we've adapted, we've adopted, we've done every single form of that didn't work. Let's make it better. Let's listen harder. Let's understand more about what that community wants and also what our brand partners want too. I mean, ultimately, we believe that brands can become incredible facilitators, almost a new um, digital Medicis, that they're really the new patrons of the arts. And in many ways, it's harder and harder for community members to make money by selling their own work. Although digital expertise and Shopify and other platforms have made many things easier, the competition within that market to actually sell your own products, goods and services has never been harder. And it's never going to be easier than it is today. It's going to get harder and harder and harder. So actually, we do believe that brands can become these extraordinary facilitators. And we, we say to our brands regularly, create an opportunity for a creator. And that creator can in turn help build your brand. They'll be able to give you insights and concepts and fresh, original diversity of thinking and thoughts and creative output. 
which is so impossible to get from one single agency alone. And I'm not anti-creative agencies, ad agencies at all. I grew up in the world of them. And I'm very attached to um, one of them in particular. And it's sort of, but I do feel the world has changed. And I do feel that the, the days of just going to one executive creative director, one executive creative team within one agency in one market, is that really the way to produce diverse, compelling creative work and storytelling when actually, if you stick with that agency for your strategy, for that big idea, for that hero work, but then give that brief to a, a global community of creators in 195 markets, we've got our community, it's phenomenal. And then get them, give them the opportunity to interpret that brief, to give it those local nuances and local interpretations, then that's a beautiful model. It sustains the industry, but actually allows more people to break into it too. So that for me is proper democratization of the creative process. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> so you've talked about what it is and, and kind of the fantastic community you guys nurture and develop and inspire on a daily basis. Um, could you give us a few examples of kind of some standout projects or campaigns that you've worked with with brands? Not not the UN, because we'll come on to that. Um, I think for us, there are so many examples of brands where they were a little bit nervous about the open sourcing model because back in the day, people would say, oh gosh, isn't that crowdsourcing? Isn't that a bit nasty, dirty and scuzzy? Don't you just get a load of rubbish coming back at you? And I said, well, do you know what? If you went to the crowd to ask for creative content, you probably would, <laughs> but actually we don't go to the crowd. We've got this amazing community of curated, curated creators across every market and every creative discipline. So we've had to really educate and encourage, cajole, sometimes we never quite managed to bully a brand into working with us because it doesn't quite work. That's what I'd like to go out there with a heavy sledgehammer at times. And so there've been lots of examples of brands where they were quite reluctant and we had to really persuade them. One that springs to mind was the All England Lawn Tennis Club. So Wimbledon Championships, one of the most iconic sporting properties that happens across the sporting calendar. And they were very conservative, very sort of established in how they went around promoting the championships. And the particular agency they've been working with, and I don't want to you know, put any downers here, um, hadn't come up with um, a suite of creative assets that they felt were quite right for the championships. So we persuaded them to give this brief to our community, which was to design the official Wimbledon poster to promote the championships. And they said, well, can we just stick with the UK? Really, almost London, almost SW19. And I was like, no, I'd like to open it up to the world. They're like, well, hang on, this is Wimbledon. You know, we just, you know, this could be really awful. I said, it won't be. It's all about the brief. Let's write that brief, shape that brief, give them some real creative inspiration, some great assets to work with. And you'll be amazed at what comes back. I was like, oh, gosh, it's better be good. <laughs> and so we launched within something crazy like two or three days because it was a write-up against a championship. So we only had about two weeks to drive submissions and then they, we knew that it was a very fast turnaround. So in those two weeks, the work started pouring in from day one and within two weeks we closed with, I think, about sixteen or 1,800 creative submissions. And the creative they choose to work with wasn't from London or Wimbledon or even Europe. He's from Sao Paulo. And it was the most beautiful wonderful story of how, how we actually gave this creator this incredible opportunity 
to have his work seen on the official programme, it was seen on television. Sue Bark was holding up a programme. We then did an interview with him and it was just wonderful. This really changed his life. It spurred on his ability to actually get further, more projects. Um, and that we've got story and story of working with Alidas. They selected a crater from literally Mongolia and he earned more money in that year then with that campaign they could earn in a year. We've got stories of creative community members who um, I think he was selected for a project we did for Bombay Sapphire. And he literally earned enough money to buy a family, his family, a house in the Philippines. So we've got story after story of how we've given our community courage, confidence, exposure, and we've broken down those almost impossible four walls to break into the creative industries. So it's been, a we've got hundreds of stories, just hundreds. I love that. Thanks for sharing those examples. Um, and in terms of like how brands collaborate with creators, is it just um, the open brief or what are the ways in which they can work with you? Really good question, Alex. So when we very first launched, it was very much about an open brief. So an open brief was we would, work with the host of the brief, the brand or the agency they were working with. We'd work out what they're looking for, what kind of work they wanted, the timelines, and then work out where they, how they're going to use that work. Then we would actually then post the brief up. It'd be publicly available so all of the community could see it sitting on the platforms, as well as people who then weren't part of our community because a brand could socialise it and turn it into a big storytelling piece around we brand, whether it was Adidas or the BBC or Amazon Prime or any of the big studios we work with. So we work with all the Warner, Paramount, Disney, Fox, Universal, <clears throat> excuse me. And it becomes much more of the narrative. And that's a really great way to actually drive that storytelling and earned PR around a campaign you very first launch. So that's one way of working. And you'd normally get hundreds, sometimes thousands of creative submissions coming through. You know, when we work with MGM on the Bond, um, you know, campaign, which the film still hasn't come out. I think everyone's hoping it's going to come out this autumn to drive people back into the cinema. And that was incredible. We built a micro site from it. It was amazing. But I think we closed with about 8,000 pieces of creative work on that campaign. It was stunning. So that's one way of working. And that's really, if a brand wants to have the narrative, the NPR, the storytelling, the mass consumer engaging, the mass creative engagement, but we also work in a closed way. So there are some cases where a brand wants to work with a very specific, um, might be because of NDAs, because it's a private brief, and this is, could be on a product launch, so it's still not out in, in the public domain. And then that way we can curate a handful of creators from our community and actually show them portfolios and say, just do you want to work with one or two? We can do it in two stages where some people initially submit concepts and ideas and we go back to work with them. So those are the two main ways of working. But from I'm very excited though, Alex. We've actually launched a couple of new things, which is really cool. Um, we're very ambitious on behalf of our community. So we're also launching in-house and we're launching something called Untitled by TLNT, Reality House, Scout House. And I think we may even have a couple more houses up our sleeve too. But essentially, we want to look at how we can provide more opportunity to the community and more opportunity for our brand partners to engage with the community. If you want me to elaborate on any of those houses, I'm very happy to. No, it's really exciting. I think, um, you know, the, how you're constantly identifying 
new market opportunities and coming up with you know different ways in which to engage that that community i mean how important is collaboration for you i mean it seems to be inherent in the brand purpose i mean but collaboration just as a word but also i suppose you know how much you as a business are kind of giving back to that community whether that be you know bringing them across new creative formats or educating them I think um, collaboration for me, it's in our DNA. Yeah. Collaboration sits at the very heart of what we do. We don't for one second think that we know it all at all because we don't. And we feel very much it's important to collaborate with every element of the industry. So that could be with agencies, whether that's a creative agency or a media agency or a digital specific agency or a PR agency. It's with every element of those brands. So is it with the innovation team as a brand? Is it with just the pure marketing element of a brand? Is it with the CSR teams at a brand? We reckon we can touch on several different touch points across all of these different teams within companies. Equally, we're very keen to work with media owners as well. We know that media owners have got incredible pipes for distribution, but actually so often they need to have that authentic really beautiful, engaging, compelling, creative work. And we can do that with our community too. So um, we're very open to work with anyone and everyone and each also with other creative communities as well. Um, I think, you know, in many ways you could argue one of the best things that could happen is if all the different creative communities came together and said, we want to build this amazing ecosystem where actually we can serve that community. We can give them everything they want around learning opportunity. We can give them, you know, additional discounts on everything they might want, whether that's income smoothing insurance. For a lot of freelancers, having those income voids is an absolute nightmare for them. So if we can help them by giving them heavily discounted access to moving money around, to to making money, to insuring themselves against those income voids, how wonderful would that be? Um, If we can help give them discounts across um, software they might be using, so whether it's from Adobe and some of their suites of products that they offer, whether it's for memberships to um, whether it's whatever kind of membership they want, to a private members club or to a studio facility, that they want to go in and shoot or whatever else. And I think the learning piece is so central. You know, di- digital technology is constantly evolving. And if we think where we are today, where we were just even a couple of years ago, it's moving. And the pandemic, whilst it's been terrifying and awful, and I don't think anyone could say that there are too many positives that are going to come out of it, there are certainly going to be businesses that have had to pivot and shift and adapt themselves and that in itself can create new opportunities for creators as well amazing and a good segue then something that you've been quite close to um as a big project um tell us about how tlnt supported the united nations on their um campaign to get covid19 artwork thank you alex it was i think for me the most important projects I've ever worked on in my life. And it really has, I don't know, it's really sort of reinforced me a belief that I had. So even before the pandemic started, um, I was talking to our amazing CEO, Claire, who joined our business just coming up for two years ago. She's incredible, love it to bits. And she 
and I were talking last December and I was saying, do you know what, Claire? I really believe that our community is capable of so much more than just working with brands to help them sell products, goods and services. Now, our community for me is something which sits at the very heart of what we do. Without our community, we are nothing. And our community is so diverse, literally in its makeup, every sexual orientation, every color, every creed, every socio-demographic background, every location, and every passion center. And if you imagine that community as a real power horse to actually shift and change the way people can feel about things, I think they can, because creativity sits at the heart of everything. You know, creativity's got the power to, to move you, to provoke you, to revolt you, to inspire you, to inform you. And so because it's the power of creative content to do all of those things, we were actually called upon by the United Nations to help them in their COVID-19 response. And if you think about that, Alex, you know, this was the first time the world faced really in recent decades, something which unified the world in one place, which was we're all facing this same thing, a pandemic, which was super scary. And it was having terrible knock-on effects from not just the physical loss of life, but the fear, the loss of pride, confidence, income, jobs, homes, everything, the isolation that people were feeling too. And the, a lot of the terrible prejudices that were being built up initially in those first few months. So the UN said, we believe that creative content is the way, one of the routes we can take to actually inspire the world, inform the world, unite the world, educate the world. And so we launched in two days, work started rolling in, in from day one, and we closed in two weeks with 17,000 multidiscipline creative submissions from 150 plus countries. And it was phenomenal. Wow. Um, uh, something super, super incredible and, you know, amazing to see kind of the global creative community come together. Um, I, cause it, I, I saw it initially. It was it was a Google form. Isn't that right? It was bizarre because we worked with amazing Dara Jabate and Francis Simpson Allen from the United Nations in their New York office. Beg your pardon, Francis was based in San Francisco. And they initially put together a Google Doc saying this is an open call to creatives to really help us stop the spread of this pandemic. And they had the most extraordinary response. And they suddenly thought, oh, crikey, how do we manage this? What do we do? People start, people sending them in files and emails and, and they didn't have a platform built to accommodate creative submissions. They didn't know how to answer the questions from the creative community as to, you know, what format, how big do you want it, how small do you want it, what size, shape, whatever else, all the stuff that community management um, is involved with. And we've got an incredible community management team and product campaign management team. And so it was almost this, it was meant to happen. It's this almost fatalistic way of bringing together this huge global challenge um, with the United Nations spearheading it. And then with the resource of TLNT, our three platforms, our community, our expertise, and our team to actually deliver against such an enormously important brief. And there's a, a microsite now, isn't there? So what, what, yeah. what's the URL for that? For and any? that is unitednations.talenthouse.com. I hope I've got Amazing. that right. 
it is but i'll include it in the show notes but um no thank you so much for sharing the insight on that it's i mean yeah wow incredible mm-hmm. that you guys got that set up so quickly and to see all the results come through and um yeah i mean i've seen some of the artwork as well it's wonderful it's incredible. and do you know what really um made me sort of come up with this expression post campaign um because a lot of people said why would the community step in? Because there was no payment for the community. We offered our platforms and our expertise and our teams pro bono. Um, there was no money. All the money that the United Nations and their partners had to do had to go into PPE. It had to go into really trying to fight it um, at a very localised level. But what made me realise is that our creative community want to lean in. They want to upload work. They want to support and help. Um, issues as well as brands and you know that's why it's such a powerful community and what I've really learned from that is creativity is really like a renewable resource so the more we throw at our community you don't exhaust it Mm. It actually is inspired and grows and the more briefs we throw at our community the more active it is so it is this a renewable resource, which sadly Mother Earth doesn't have quite so much of. And we'd love to use our community more to support some of those sustainable development goals moving forward. And we're now building more, we hope, of a partnership with the United Nations to do just that. Amazing. And I think a key word there you mentioned is community and, and something that really you know makes TLNT stand out in, in compared to your competitors, which potentially are more focused on output. Could you just tell us a little bit more about that? So our community um, is literally pushing up. So I think it's around about 5 million in total. And that includes over a million creators. So we would define a creator as somebody who's uploaded work onto a portfolio profile, which is hosted across either Zupa, Talent House or LO. So we've actually got over a million actual creators. And the rest of the community is made up of people who are passionate about creativity and they themselves are really interesting as a target demographic for brands to engage with so I think initially um, when we first launched and for a lot of other people in this space of collaboration platforms it tends to be about the output so they're just looking for a piece of content and we actually believe the value is not just in the output not just in the content but in the story as to how that content was made and most importantly, who made it. So we would see our community as being a very attractive demographic for a brand to want to engage and target. Core areas is really between the 18 to 35, those very elusive, very digitally active, very digitally savvy um, community members who tend to reject conventional forms of advertising. You know, you know, they're watching everything on demand. They're, they're far more digitally active. They're going to be super tough to engage with traditional forms of advertising. They don't want to be broadcast at. They want far more personalised messaging. They want more authentic conversations, dialogues with a brand rather than a monologue. And we feel very much that's what we've built with our community. They want to sit up and listen. And they're very vocal and they're very attractive to talk to as well. So community is everything to us. So the diversity of our community, the size of our community, the geographical um, location and of our community is phenomenal. Amazing. And in terms of what you're excited about for the future, 
um, for TNT. I mean, you mentioned there's quite a few new platforms launching next year. Um, what, what are you super excited about? Um, if I had to wish, it would be for every creator in the world to know that we exist, because I think that overarching in our passion and our belief and our philosophy is we want to support that creator at every stage of their career. So one of our new product launches is going to be called Untitled by TLNT, and that's going to be our youth collaboration platform. Because up until this next month, actually when we're going properly live with it, you've only been able to engage creators over the age of 18. But as of next month, December 2020, you'll be able to engage creators from the age of 11 to 18. And we're launching this with the Design and Technology Association here in the UK, but it's going to be global. And the, just the DNT in the UK can give us access to over a million students aged between 11 and 18. But more than giving the access to the brands, it's about what we can do for that community. We want to, regardless of the location of those kids, regardless of their socio-demographic background or sexual orientation or colour or faith, we would love them to know that we want to give them the courage and confidence to start honing their craft, becoming a creator, giving them access to briefs to work with icons from the music labels, from superb brands, from really interesting new technologies like augmented reality. So that's really part of our remit. We're also going to be launching Reality House, which is going to be super exciting, focusing specifically on a lot of those new technologies around content creation, specifically in the world of artificial intelligence, machine learning, augmented reality. We feel this is a huge growth area for us. Um, we're very excited to be working with one of the very major gaming brands too. So we, we recognise the importance of moving that into that gaming space where community in the world of gaming is so important. If you imagine the overlap between gaming and creativity, that's a super exciting, interesting space to go into. So something we're very keen to develop and to, to focus on. Um, we also recognise for a lot of our brand partners, they don't want to do a big brief, whether open or closed. They just want to find one creator in, say, Berlin, photographer, to find for a shoot next week. And so we're launching Scout House. And that's going to be much more of almost like a match.com meets um, a job board. So super exciting, super personalised, super quick, technologically focused to give far greater access and insight to finding our community in different places. And then lastly, in-house is going to be really interesting for our partners who think, I love what you do, but I don't want to want to send everyone to your platform to do it. I quite like to own it here, my own owned platform too. So in-house is going to be our ability to give our partners, which could be an agency, it could be a brand, it could be a media owner, it could be an educational environment, it could be a government, their own branded co-creation platform, tapping directly into our community for insights, insights, ideas, concepts, and creative content, but with a managed service at our end, so we can navigate them through the pitfalls they might want to jump into. <laughs> Wow. Well, you certainly have lots, lots going on and super excited um, for the development of those platforms over the coming next 12 months. Um, there's more as well. We would, <laughs> I think, you know, we would like to build a home for creators so they can come here for everything they need. And I've always believed that if you build it, they will come. <laughs> but I think that's some, some, some form of a field of dreams. But I, I didn't, 
know. But, um, you know, I, for me, creativity is everything. Creators are incredible. Um, I've got incredible respect for their ability to move people, to inspire people, to unite people. And I think more than ever before, people are recognising the importance of the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, how we need to sit up and appreciate each other more, how we need to respect people and, of, and be inclusive. It doesn't matter where, you know, where somebody lives or what their colour is or their faith is or their sexual orientation is. We should be far more inclusive in this world. And I think creativity has got the power to really push those positive agendas through and not just help brands sell more products, goods and services. Mm. Love that. Love that. You know, really growing and, and you know, driving positive change and development in, in that kind of creative ecosystem. And it seems like TNT is very much spearheading that. So, I mean, congrats. It's very exciting. I absolutely love it, Alex. You know, I wake up every day and I've never, ever been bored of what we do. Um, I cannot fail to be in awe and inspired by our community and the work that they put up and the stories behind what compelled them to do that. And we've sort of reversed that conventional process of when a brand goes to an agency, gives them a brief, the agency has to work on it. And you might get somebody in the team who doesn't particularly like that brand or particularly respond to that brief, but they have to because it's just part of what we're getting paid to do it. In the open source model, when a creative member of our community decides to respond to a brief they don't know necessarily they're going to have their work selected they don't know necessarily they're going to get paid for that work but they're compelled to do it because they they feel something they recognize it's an opportunity to cut their teeth on the brief to to showcase their skill sets to gain access to working with a brand they would never normally have access or opportunity to work with and to, to you know to practice their craft to hone their ability and we've just created so many positive stories of how this open source model does work to to give creative community members that access opportunity experience learning confidence and obviously income we'd love to get more income thrown at that community and we'll do whatever we can to develop new more opportunities to do that amazing and in terms of kind of any quick fire tips you'd give to creators what would you say to them I would say to them, passion. I think for me, passion is a really important word. And that's something which, if you feel passionate about something, get involved, cut your teeth on the brief, practice it. You know, don't just think, well, I'm just going to wait for somebody to come along and just find me and pay me to do something. It's super competitive out there. And what our model is trying to do is to break down some of those traditional barriers. So I would say, create your own brand. Think about building a portfolio. Think populating your portfolio with brilliant examples of different technologies you've tried, different opportunities, different briefs that you've worked on. Um, Collaborate with other creators where you can. Use LinkedIn. It's free to to follow brands or people that you, you respect or you like their work. You know, it's incredible if you ask for help. What, what will come back. If ever somebody asks me on LinkedIn, could you give me some advice or would you be prepared to do a mentoring session? Would you come into our university school or college and talk to us? I'll always do it because I think it's important to give back. And I think often creators, you know, traditionally have been quite sort of closed and like, well, this is me, this is what I do. And you need to come and get me. But I think now creators are recognising more and more that you need to get yourself out there. You do need to help promote yourself. 
And actually brands can be brilliant facilitators in sort of on that journey for you. Amazing. And um, for any creators that are listening to this, I mean, what's the best way to join the community? Um, I would say it's free to join any of our platforms, zupa.com, talenthouse.com and also lo.co. And perhaps Alex would be kind enough to share those links um, in your after sort of podcast notes. But please join us, you know, upload some work, start, you know, you know, look, look at our social channels. There's some really interesting work that we're putting up there. If you know, be part of the community, um, we're thinking about ongoing in how we can actually engage with more of our community. We might have community members who want to contribute, who want to write articles, who want to showcase their particular city or their particular craft. Wherever possible, we want to try to give more and more opportunities for that exposure, recognition, access, learning and collaboration. So please come and join our community. We're very nice. We don't bite. <laughs> and we're here to help wherever we can. Amazing. And and for any brand or agency, someone that's looking to collaborate with creators, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Um, so I think we've got a TLNT Holdings, um, which again, you'd be happy to push that up, Alex, that would be yeah. great. And that will allow you to just contact one of our team and our, our commercial team. We've got offices around um, North America and around Europe, and um, we hopefully should be opening up an office in the APAC region soon. So we'd love to work with you. Again, we're here as a very collaborative partner and we'd love to work with you and your agencies. We're not at all anti-agencies. I think agencies traditionally have found us a little bit, oh, crikey, we can do it, we don't need you. But actually working together in that collaborative way is the best way to do it. You know, let the agency shape the brief, come up with that overarching strategy, overarching direction, but then let our community give you that beautiful diversity of content and freshness of insight and approach and localized storytelling. That's where it works beautifully well together. Amazing. And yeah, just closing out, I think i um, super excited to be partnering with, with you. And I think, um, you know, SEMO as a podcast is very much about, um, you know, identifying and, and speaking with not only creators that are coming up, uh, but also kind of established industry leaders as well. And so I think, um, yeah, listen out because we've got some fantastic episodes coming up um, that's kind of proudly presented by by TLNT. So different episodes will either be presented by Talent House, Ello or Zupa. And yeah, we're super excited to, to kick off the series. So thank you so much for your time, Maya. And um, yeah, keep up the fantastic work and look forward to catching up soon. Thank you so much, Alex. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me on. You're welcome. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. I hope this podcast can intrigue, inspire, and provide some key tips and tricks for a lot of people. I would really appreciate your help to grow the community. If you know anyone that you think would enjoy this podcast, then please send it their way. And if you can subscribe and leave a review, it would mean so much and it really supports the show. Thank you and see you next week.